John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Read John 2. I want you to look what the Word of God says. Now, the default translation that, uh, that I preach uh, out of here at the podium in the pulpit of the church is the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Uh, so yours may differ just a little bit depending on what translation that you bring in here. Uh, but this is out of the Holman, and here's what it reads. It says, Dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way and be in good health physically just as you are spiritually. Now, notice what he said. He said, I pray. He's writing to his good friend. And he says, I pray. I pray that you may prosper in every way, every area of your life. And that you would be in good health physically, just as you are spiritually. Okay? I'm continuing this series of, of messages that is titled the, the Balanced Life. And the key verse, the foundational verse, is Luke chapter 2 and verse number 52, where the, where the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and favor with man or favor with people. You see, I memorized that scripture out of King James. I have the Holman up there for you. But Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. I think if we're going to have a balanced life, we've got to pay attention to these four areas in our life. And, and these four areas I'm going to try to unpack uh, each Sunday. Last week we talked about how we need to have balance in wisdom. And we talked about the intellect. By the way, these four areas, whenever it says that Jesus increased, increased in wisdom, that's intellectually he increased. When it says that he increased in stature, that's physically that he increased. When it says he grew in favor with God, that is spiritually he increased. And then it says he grew in favor with people, that is socially he increased. Now I think we must, matter of fact, Luke chapter 2 verse 52 is the whole reason that we homeschooled our kids when, when, when they were in those elementary formative years. Uh, and I just really had a conviction about this passage and I told my wife, you know, I want to instill this in our kids. Then at a later point, we'll put them in public school, and, and that's what they did. But we felt it was very important for us to get this foundation in our family. And I think it's important that we get this foundation in our life, that we get these four pillars, that we have the balance in these four areas of our life. Last week, we talked about the mind. We talked about thinking properly. We talked about having balanced thinking and understanding the value of good Thinking. If you miss that, it's on the podcast. We can also make you a CD of that if you'd like to have it. But we need to, we need to realize that, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So thinking is very, very important how we govern our life and how we can have balance. The second area we're going to look at is this area called physical balance. Now the Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. Physically he increased and he had balance. Matter of fact, Jesus was nothing more than a perfect picture of balanced humanity. 
I mean, when you look at him, he was balanced. He was perfect. He was sinless. He is and was the Son of God. He's a great example for us to look at in all aspects of his life. Sometimes we think in the church life that all we have to worry about is just the spiritual stuff. And we just pull out the spiritual drawer, and that's the only drawer we ever camp out in. Guys, there's so much more to living than just the spiritual part of life. Matter of fact, the spiritual part of life has an effect on the entire rest of the area of your life. Now, the spiritual part is very important, but I want you to understand it's not the only part of living. Hello? There's other areas in our life that I think the Bible speaks to that we must pay attention to. So we're looking at this thing about physical balance. And I believe God wants us to have physical balance. And we see in 3 John 2, where John was writing to his friend, and he said, I pray that you be in good health physically. And, he said, just as you are spiritually. So I'm, I'm going to be talking today about physical balance. Okay, I'm going to be talking about the body. I'm going to be talking about health. I'm going to be talking about some things that we may not like to do, like exercise. And you may walk out of here and think, boy, why don't he just preach the Bible? I want you to know, I am preaching the Bible. Hello? Somebody say amen. I don't think you agreed with me right. I am preaching the Bible when I talk about the body. You say, you sure? Yeah, Do you realize that you are to glorify God with your body? Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20. It says, don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, finish it for me, glorify God where? In your body. The Bible talks all through, and there's numerous scriptures, and and I could have pulled out many passages of scripture that deals with just the physical body. So I want to talk to you this morning on on this balance of uh, balancing the body, understanding the value of a healthy body, how to feel better physically. We're going to kind of look at these things uh, briefly. Now, the first two things I want to share with you, I'm going to hit rather quickly. When we think about the idea of how we can just feel better. You ever have those days or or those seasons in your life where you just feel tired all the time and and you're just kind of down and maybe a little bit depressed? And you you know what I usually find that's going on in my life when I get there? Now, I realize I'm, I'm focusing, I'm zeroing in on the, on the physical aspect of life. You know what I find I need to do? I need to get out and go for a walk. And it's amazing how the endorphins that take place and, and that are released in your body when you just get out and go exercise a little bit, how much better you feel. Has anybody ever witnessed that? I mean, you, we, you know, especially in the wintertime and we're all inside and, you know, and you get that cabin fever, you want to get out and you're kind of feeling tired and, you know, we, need, we just need to get out and do some exercise. So I want to talk to you real br- briefly at the intro of this and I'm going to slow down at the end of it. I want to share with you three ways that I think we could feel better physically. Okay? Three, three ways or three ideas. The first two I'm going to hit real quickly. The third one I'm going to park in a little bit. Okay? Three ways that I think we can feel better physically as we concentrate just on the body, the physical part of having balance in our life. Everything we're talking about having balance. Okay? So number one, jot this one down if you will, please. I think in order for us to feel better, we must develop a healthy attitude towards our body. In order for us to feel better physically, 
I think we must develop a healthy attitude towards our body. Now, once again, I'm almost going back to the mind again. How we think about our bodies, how we think about ourselves. Now, please understand me. I'm going to give it to you once again. I've said it three times. I'm going to say it in a different way again. I am talking about the physical body primarily today. Okay? And that doesn't mean the spiritual is not important. I'm going to spend at least one week on that, if not a couple weeks on the spiritual side. But I'm talking just about the physical part of the body today. Do we understand that? Okay? So I don't want you to think, boy, I sat here and heard all about the body. It's like a health class, and I, I wish I'd have got some. I'm going to give you scripture to go with this as well. Okay? Because, you see, this was all written. Matter of fact, most of it was written back in the Old Testament in what is called B.C., you know what that means? It means before cholesterol. You see, God was concerned about our health even and, and cholesterol back in, in the B.C. So we're going, we're going to look at the body primarily today. So we need to develop a healthy attitude towards the body. You remember Proverbs 23, 7? How it says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We must have a healthy attitude about our body. Now, I believe there are some unhealthy attitudes that people have about their body. I believe there are primarily three ways. You can go ahead and put those up on the screen. There are three, I believe, unhealthy attitudes that people have about their body. The first one is they just simply reject it. I mean, they look at their body, they look in the mirror, and they say, God, really? And they're just not happy with themselves. They have low self-esteem, and they just reject their body. I think that is an unhealthy attitude to have about your body. Do you realize that every single one of us were wonderfully and fearfully made? And I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. But an unhealthy thought process about your body is simply to reject it. The opposite is also true, which I think is an unhealthy attitude about your body, and that is to perfect it. I mean, there's some people that they live their whole life just trying to be a perfect 10, whether it be a model or a bodybuilder, and they just live to the extreme of just trying to be in perfect health all the time. You think, I think that's just as unhealthy as rejecting the body. That's at both ends of the spectrum. Would you agree? And there's a third area that I think is unhealthy, and that's just simply what most of us fall into, and simply neglecting the body. I mean, we just don't give it much thought until we get sick. And why am I sick? Well... Let's go back. It's because we have neglected the body often, not every time, understand, but oftentimes. So I think we must develop a healthy thought life about our body. And three unhealthy thoughts are to reject it, to perfect it, and, or simply to neglect it. So what is a healthy thought process about the body? I believe there are two things that we must do. We must respect the body. We've got to realize that this body that I have, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. It was created by God. It was purchased by Jesus. This is his body. And it really the whole, the whole principle of stewardship comes into play. And we need to protect and respect the body. I believe that is a healthy attitude to have for our own bodies. Okay? There's a whole lot more I could say about that, but I'm going to move on. A second way that I think we could feel better physically, number one, was to, to develop a healthy attitude. Number two is this. Is to motivate yourself to change. Just motivate yourself to change. To try to have a healthy perspective about our body. Well, I think there are some couple reasons why 
we ought to be motivated. Number one is physically. Go ahead and throw these up. I'll hit them real quickly. There's three on there physically. Here's some physical reasons on why we should get in shape. Number one, you'll feel better. I mean, you just feel better if you just... Now, I'm not talking about being a bodybuilder. I'm not talking about trying to look like some... For you ladies, trying to look like some woman on a magazine. I'm not talking about those models that come out of Hollywood. Matter of fact, what are they really modeling? I really don't think they're modeling what God wants us to be modeling. What are they modeling? They're modeling immorality. And, I mean, there's all kind of, all kind of crazy things that are out there. I'm not talking about trying to be a, a perfect ten with your body. But I'm talking about paying attention to it. I'm talking about respecting it. I'm talking about protecting it. I'm talking about having a good thought process about your own body. And uh, some physical reasons why we should have a, a desire to get in shape is, number one, to make us feel better. Number two, to make you look better. Now, I'm not talking about, wow. I'm, I'm talking about your skin tones. Guys, do you realize if you drink more water, you're going to be healthier and your skin, your complexion is going to be clearer and better? Is anybody listening to me today? Huh? I mean, you'll just look better. Now, I'm not talking about trying to look sexy or attractive and all that kind of stuff that the world promotes. I'm just talking about your own body. Okay? And then a third reason I think we ought to be motivated to get in shape on the physical side, you'll live longer. I mean, many, 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 many scientists and, and people have done research that you just live longer. Okay, I really think it boils down more to a stewardship reason than those reasons. But those are some of the physical reasons. Let's look at some some spiritual reasons why we should want to get in shape. Now, these, I think, are the are the motivating reasons for me. The other three are kind of maybe a little bit vain. I don't know. Uh, These are the ones that really get me excited. These are the reasons that that I want to try to stay somewhat physically in shape, which I realize I am not completely like I was when I was in my 20s. But I still want to keep moving. Hello? The goal in my life now is, is to continue to be moving. Maybe a little slower, maybe not as fast, maybe not as agile as I used to be. And definitely not as quick, and certainly not as long. But at least I'm moving. Hello? That's kind of the goal for me at my stage in my life right now. Do something, be, be moving. But here's, here's what really motivates me to try to, to get in shape and stay in shape and get some type of physical activity going in my life. I'm going to hit these real quickly. Go ahead and throw them all three up on the screen, if you will. First of all, God made our body. He made our body. Actually, we'll go one by one. I want you to see the verse that goes with this. God made your body. That's a great spiritual reason why we should want to exercise and, and get in shape and get more physically fit. Is because God made our bodies. Look what he says in Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. The psalmist wrote and he says, for it was you, he's pointing to God, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am remarkably and wonderfully made. You know what that that attitude is? That's the attitude of respect. And it's realizing that God made my body. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says whatever God makes and whatever he creates, we are not to destroy it. So therefore, it's the whole respect thing. God made my body, so I should take care of it. The second reason I think we should take care of it on the spiritual side of things, not only did God make our body, but Jesus paid for our body. And I've already read this scripture to you in 1 Corinthians 6. It says, don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? Get this, you are not your own. We've been purchased, friends. You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. 
Therefore, glorify God in your body. So a spiritual reason why I want to take care of my body, why I want to respect it and protect it, is because Jesus died for it. You say, well, I thought he died for the soul. He did die for the soul. But he also, where does, where does the Holy Spirit take up residence? It's in the body. So therefore, we should protect and respect the body. We shouldn't do anything. Let me ask you this. Hold on now. Do you think you would be upset if you would go to our new church building that's going to house the Victory Church family, and you go in there and somebody just destroyed it and vandalized it? Would you be upset? Yeah, I'd be upset. We should get equally upset when we see people destroy and abuse their bodies. Jesus died for the body. Therefore, we should respect it and we should protect it. I promise you, you won't hear much preaching like this in churches across America today. It's not real popular, but I think we need to pay attention to it. Jesus paid the body. You see, in a sense... The physical aspect of our body really boils down to a stewardship principle. Right? It, uh, matter of fact, what's our stewardship theme around here? There's four words we've been preaching since 1999. Whenever we talk about stewardship, four words. Can you tell me what they are? Uh, it starts with God. That's it. God owns it all. We are just managers. We don't, we don't own anything. Even our bodies. Because Jesus, it says... In 1 Corinthians 6, he purchased us. He bought us. He laid down his life for us. We are not our own. So on the spiritual side of things, some things that should motivate us to try to get physically fit is because God created us, because Jesus paid for it. And I've already alluded to to this. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit dwells within it, the body. The Holy Spirit of God dwells within us. And that's what it says in 1 Corinthians. Don't you yourselves know that you are the sanctuary and the Spirit of God lives in you. God made my body. Jesus died for my body. The Holy Spirit lives in my body. Now I want you to look at this verse of Scripture. Don't you know that your body is a... Everybody say that next word. Sanctuary. Don't you know that your body is a what? Sanctuary. Question. Now, get a hold of this. Do we worship the sanctuary? No. Do we respect it? Sure. Do we protect it? Yes. Do we worship it? No. And there are people all across America today that are worshiping their bodies. I want you to understand that the sanctuary, listen, it's not the object of worship, it's the place of worship. Hello? The church house that we get to whenever we move in to 223 Scott Troy Road, whenever we move into that building, we, listen friends, we are not worshiping that building. It's an object. It's not the object of worship, it's the place of worship. The same thing goes with our physical bodies. And whenever we talk about the physical part of it, and whenever people talk about exercise, a lot of times the real spiritual Christians say, oh, that's just all vanity. You're worshiping the body. No, 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 no. I'm respecting the body. I'm protecting the body. God created the body. 
Jesus died and purchased and paid for the body. The Holy Spirit indwells the body. The body is the sanctuary or the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not the object of worship, but it's the place of worship. Hello? I'm talking about the sanctuary. And our bodies now are the sanctuary. We worship the Spirit of God who lives within us. We don't worship the body. Am I making myself clear? I'm trying to go real slow and I'm trying to, to speak real clearly on this so you don't leave here with any misunderstanding of some health, wealth, prosperity teaching about the body. And I'm not saying all that stuff. There's some crazy, crazy. Matter of fact, that's why some Bible believing preachers don't even deal with this subject because those who have taken it have, have misrepresented the whole doctrine and theme and the Word of God and we're afraid to be labeled as such and therefore we just choose not to deal with it. Well, we got to deal with it, guys. There's something to be said. The Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Physically, he was a well-balanced man. And we need to be well-balanced people. So how do we get to feel better physically? First of all, did you write that down? We have a right attitude. We have the right attitude. Secondly, we motivate ourselves to change. And I gave you some physical and spiritual reasons why we should motivate ourselves to change. But thirdly, let me unpack this one. Another reason or another way that I think we could feel better physically is simply just follow God's laws on health. Do you realize all through the Bible he's given us some health laws? And these are some principles. They're not going to determine whether you go to heaven or hell. It's not going to determine how spiritual of a person you are. But he gave us some principles about the body and about our diet and different things that we should follow so that we could have feel better physically. I think there are several things. Matter of fact, in Proverbs 4, in verse number 20 through 22, look at this verse. It says, my son, pay attention to my what? Words. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and they are what? Go ahead, read it. They are... What is health to one's body? The Word. Hello? Guys, I'm not making something up today. I'm just giving you the Word of God. But a lot of times we just overlook this part of it. Right? The Word of God not only brings salvation to your soul, but it also brings health to your body. And I think we need to pay attention to it. So let me real quickly try to share with you about six principles from God's Word that will help you to have more physical balance in your own, in your own life. Number one is this one. Maintain your ideal weight. Now, listen. You're going to get differing opinions on this. I went to the doctor for a physical, and, and I got on the scale, and then I went in there, and, and they came to me immediately and said, Listen, you are overweight. And I said, really? I said, how much overweight? And it was some crazy number. I mean, really, I was like 70 pounds overweight. I mean, I should have, I forget what the number was, but I said, really? Matt, what if I get, if I get down to that weight, then I get sick, I'd have no get sick losing weight. I'd die, you know? So, so I think I've got to have a little weight stored so when I do get sick, I can lose some of it and not die in the process, you know? That's canon theology right there. I don't know that that's biblical. But, but anyhow, they all tell us we have an ideal weight. Here's what I say about that. I think we need to have some and exercise some self-discipline. 
And, you know, I don't know that I'm going to get on the bandwagon with all the health gurus out there and all the doctors out there and everything they're throwing out. But I think we must exercise some self-discipline in our own life. Listen to what 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 4 says. It says, each of you knows how to control his own body. And then it talks about in sanctification and in honor. But he said, each of you knows how to control your own body. You see, in other words, self-discipline can be learned. We can apply some principles to our life, and we can be a self-disciplined person. I read a statistic the other day, and it said this, that 50 million Americans are 1 billion pounds overweight. 50 million Americans are 1 billion pounds overweight. Now, listen, I realize there are, there are medical needs. Hold on, my phone just flashed. Okay, no, that wasn't her. I realize, I realize that there are medical needs or medical conditions with people. I realize there's thyroid issues. I realize there's the, the glands and all of that. And I realize there's some. But listen, for some of us, it's just the fact that we're not very self-disciplined. We don't exercise and we don't eat right. Man, this is when you wish you had one of those big wooden podiums that you could just hide behind so nobody could see you. But really, it's just a lack of self-discipline for many now, I realize there's some that have health issues. I understand that. I'm not saying anything about that. But I'm saying for those that don't have those. Matter of fact, let me tell you another subject. I started to preach on this one today, and I thought, man, maybe too hard. I need to get you where, where we have our Wednesday night service so, so you, don't, you don't dwell on something I preach too hard all week long. You know, I used to try to balance that out. When we had a Wednesday night service, I preached on something hard in one service, then lighten it up the next one so you didn't have seven days to be completely mad at me. But you know what I started to preach on? I started to preach on the sin of gluttony. That's the forgottable sin. When's the last time you ever heard a Baptist preacher stand up and preach on the sin of gluttony? Yeah, you, you don't. Yeah, right after that. You don't. You don't hear that. But you realize, go, go in your Bible and look in your concordance and look up the word gluttony. And look how many times it's referenced through the Word of God. Now, do not, listen, do not confuse Gluttony with a good meal. There is a difference. Now, you've got to understand what gluttony is. Gluttony is when, and the Bible speaks to this all through Scripture. Proverbs 23, numerous Scriptures. It talks about how your belly is a God. And you worship the God of the belly. And it says that all through Scripture. In other words, you can't ever push away. It's just eat and 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 stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and eat and eat and eat. Listen. Don't, don't, so don't confuse gluttony with just having a good, a good meal. I'm not saying you've got to go out there and eat rice cakes for every meal and drink water all the time. Tracy, you can have a good Mountain Dew from time to time. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying you have to get on a rice cake diet or get on some. Listen, don't get on any diet that's going to change the way, you, the way you... Listen, there's some diets that are out there. There's no way in the world you can live the rest of your life eating what they're wanting you to eat in this diet. Hello? I didn't mean to get off on all that. But we need to maintain our ideal weight. In other words, we need to exercise and have some self-discipline is what I'm trying to say. The second thing I want you to see is this, and this is getting into what I was just speaking on. We need to balance your diet. In 1 Corinthians 6, 12 and 13, the Apostle Paul wrote this. He said, everything's permissible for me, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be brought under the control of anything. Food for the stomach and stomach for the food. But God would do away with both of them. In other words, we need to just have some balance. And whenever I'm talking about balance, I'm talking about controlling, get this, 
controlling the quality and the quantity of what we eat. Matter of fact, I'm, I might as well tell you, most of you know, I love interior decorating. I love, I love for things to look nice. I love colors. I love contrast. Now, I've intentionally refused to do anything inside our church. I turned that over to Becky and Connie and the building team, and you guys picked the colors. And they said, what color do you want your office? I said, you surprise me. Whatever you put in there is fine. I'm not, even, I'm, I'm not picking any of it, and I didn't. But I may tweak it a little when I get it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I enjoy interior decorating. I enjoy symmetry. I enjoy lines. I enjoy colors. I enjoy just the way things kind of move and flow and the ebb and flow of the atmosphere of a room. I enjoy all that kind of stuff. So whenever I'm talking about, listen, whenever I'm talking about controlling the quality and the quantity of things, I go into Walmart and I look at the, the plates. And now I'm, I'm the kind of guy, whenever we sit at our table, all the plates have to be the same. All the silverware has got to be the same. All the glasses have to be the same. They all go on one shelf. The green glasses all go right there, and the mugs go up there. You don't just have everything scattered in there. That dry, I can't do that. That drives me crazy. So when you sit down at my table, I love, I love Thanksgiving because I'm the one that decorates the table. And I put out the two forks, one for the salad and one for the meal and, and the knives and the spoons and the bread plate and the salad bowls and all these other things. And I, I just love, I love a pretty table setting. I know that may just blow some of you away. But I enjoy that. So I go to Walmart and I'm thinking, you know what, our plates, and we've had them for 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, going on five years now. And after a while in the dishwasher, they get nicks and dings and some drop and some are broken. Sometimes you don't have a full set and different things. I'm thinking, you know what, it's about time for us to get a new place setting. And so I'm thinking, I'm going to go shop. So I went to Walmart and I looked at some, I thought were some very beautiful, contemporary, had ebb and flow and symmetry to them, plates. I know this is going to blow some of you guys away. But I'm sitting there looking, oh, man, I love that color. I love the design of it. I don't want just a round plate. So I wanted, a, I wanted one that had design to it, and it was like a square plate. But really, I pulled that plate down, and I looked at it. The plate is, get this, I'm going to move my microphone away, but the plate is about, it's about that big. Seriously, wide. And it's about that square. And I'm thinking, for heaven's sakes, if I fill that plate up with food, I'm not going to be able to sit at the table here in a few more weeks. I mean, the plates are huge that they sell out there today. I mean, really, what we need to do, and I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, I'm talking about how we need to have a balanced diet, and I'm talking about the quality of the food we eat, and I'm talking about the quantity of the food we eat. I think we all need to eat smaller portions. I promise you, you'll feel better if you just eat less. But the thing is, we throw all that food on a plate, and we sit there and we woof it down. We, and so fast, we don't even hardly taste it. And before, and, and we put so much food in, and we've got so much in there that our body hasn't had time to tell us that we're full. And so we overeat. Are you with me this morning? So I refuse to buy those plates. I'm not going to buy those big monster plates. So I'm in the market right now, and I'm searching. For some really nice plates that are smaller. So if you're out there and you run across any, shoot me a Facebook message or a tweet or what have you and let me know there's something out there. We need to eat smaller portions. Here's you a good practice. As a husband and wife, when you go out to eat, I think maybe, why don't you just try this? Why don't you just order one entree 
And then why don't you both eat off of it? Just split it. Now, guys, you will like the fact that your bill will be a lot cheaper. And then here's something else. Instead of drinking soda or tea, get a glass of water. Because you know what they're charging you for that soda? or They're going to charge you about two bucks. And so if you've got five people out there, that's $10 you've paid for tea. Tell the whole family, we're getting spiritual today, we're all drinking water, we're balancing our body, and, and you'll save $10 right there, guys, I promise you, on your meal. I'm just trying to give you some ideas. I think we need to balance our diet. Everything's permissible, but Paul said everything's not helpful. Now, I'm not talking about whether you're going to heaven or hell. I'm not talking about the fundamentals of the faith. I'm just talking about maintaining balance in your life and balancing your diet. Ask one guy one time, said, uh, said, said do you have a balanced diet? He said, yeah, I've got a Whopper in both hands. <laughs> he was balanced, wasn't he? I think we need to work on that and maybe pay a little bit more attention to that. The Bible's full of advice about nutrition, sanitation laws. You go back in the Old Testament, which is B.C., which I told you was before cholesterol, which I'm just kidding right there, guys. But Leviticus 3.17 says, do not eat animal fat. You see, God understood cholesterol, didn't he? He understood some of the ill effects of that. In Proverbs 25.27, it says, don't eat too much sugar. Now, you can pull Scripture out of the Bible all all the way through the Bible about foods that we eat. And I think we need to pay attention to that. Let me give you the third thing. I think you need to commit yourself to a regular exercise program of some sort. Now, listen, I didn't say, I did not say, I did not say you have to go to the Y for three hours every day. That is not what I said. But I think we all need to get up and move. Right? We need to get up and move. We need to have some type of exercise that we're doing. Okay? And I want to encourage you to do that. And I know you may go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and you may go to verse 8 and you'll say, for the training of the body has limited benefit. And that's very true. But he did not say it had no benefit. It just limited benefit. Okay? So I think we need to learn how to, how, to, how to just work some exercise in. Get up and go walking, especially when the weather breaks and gets a little nicer. Just walk around the block. After you eat a meal, get the family and just go walk. Go to the park, hang out, swing, walk, walk to the park. You see, we drive everywhere today. You know, look for, here's something else you could do. Instead of going to Walmart and looking for the closest parking lot, the one up by, right by the front door, <laughs> I won't say anything, Mr. Lauderdale. But front, if you ever go anywhere with Tracy, you know that everywhere he goes, whatever area he pulls into, there's a spot at the front door that just opens up for him. He even takes pictures of it, and he'll send it to me on my phone. Hey, got another parking place at the front door. You know, Here, Here's something maybe we could try to do. Why don't we, when we go to Walmart, why don't we park at the end of the parking lot and just walk all the way up? Why, when we go to the office building, instead of taking the elevator, why don't we take the stairs? When we go to the hospital and make a visit with someone or go see the doctor, instead of taking the elevator, take the stairs. You see, there's things we could do that can help us exercise more. Is everybody okay with that? All right, let me give you the fourth one. And this one's big also. I think we need to work on getting more rest and more sleep. In Psalm 127 and verse number 2, it says, In vain you get up early and you stay up late, working hard to have food. Yes, he gives sleep to the ones that he loves. I think we need to pay attention to how much rest we're getting. You know, when you're burning the candle at both ends, and you're, man, you're working all night long and all day, and, and you're getting very little rest, it's going to have an ill effect on your body. Matter of fact, there's one word that's going to happen. It's called disease. 
Right? It's, it's because you are diseased. In other words, there's ill effect that's going to take place to your body when you do not get enough rest. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Matter of fact, God thought it was so important in the Ten Commandments. He set aside one day for us to do what? Rest. You go look at, look at the, the laws in the Old Testament, and he even had what was called the sabbatical rest, even with the land. He said every seven years, let it lay rest. Don't, don't, don't plant every year. And we don't listen to that a whole lot nowadays, do we? Even with our own bodies, even with our land. But there's a reason for that. He wants us to be healthy, so he said you must rest. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 6 and verse 30 and 32, guys, I'm giving you a scripture for everything I'm saying. We just don't study this stuff much. Because when we open our Bibles, we think it's just got to deal with the spiritual part of the life. I think all of this is spiritual. But sometimes we compartmentalize things. In Mark 6 and 32, Jesus told the disciples, he literally said, take a vacation. He said, come apart a while. You've been very busy. You've been teaching. You've been traveling. Come apart a while. Come with me. Let's go aside. Let's rest. And it's very spiritual to take a Sunday afternoon nap. Get some rest. Okay? Number five, get this one. Avoid drinking alcohol. Now, listen, I believe there are numerous reasons why we should not drink alcohol. But I'm just focusing on the physical part of it. For the physical aspect of long, you should not drink alcohol. I went on, and Ephesians 5.18 says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, and, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I went on the uh, ehow.com, one of my favorite little websites I go to, to, to learn how to do things. And I went on there to ehow.com and I typed in dangers of alcohol. And there was a whole list of things that popped up. Let me read to you real quickly the very first thing that says, I'm going to read you two paragraphs from ehow.com. This has nothing to do with Christianity, has nothing to do with the Bible, has nothing to do with spiritual things. It's just common knowledge out there for the common world to hear. This alone. I mean, I think there's some strong reasons in Scripture why we should not indulge in alcohol. But I'm just staying on the physical part of it. Listen to what it says. Excessive, excessive alcohol consumption can affect a person's life in many ways. Alcohol can, can be destructive to one's physical, mental, and emotional health. Alcohol can even adversely affect a person's relationships. Alcohol is addictive and can lead a person down a dangerous path. Second paragraph. Alcohol increases the risk of various health conditions, such as heart and liver disease. Alcohol works directly on the central nervous system, impairing brain function. Over time, excessive alcohol consumption can destroy brain cells, resulting in various degrees of brain damage. Now, guys, you won't see any of this at the bottom of the Anheuser-Busch Clydesdale commercial that you've seen at the Super Bowl. There's all types of ill effects on the physical body with drinking alcohol. I'm taking the spiritual element completely out of it. I'm taking the elements, other elements, just the physical part alone should be enough for us to say, you know what, I am not going to drink alcohol. Hello? Now listen, I believe there are spiritual reasons we shouldn't drink alcohol. I believe there's numerous biblical reasons we shouldn't drink alcohol. I believe there's relational reasons we shouldn't drink alcohol. I believe there are emotional reasons and mental reasons why we shouldn't drink alcohol. But I'm just focusing on the physical reasons today why we should say no to Mr. Budweiser and everybody else. Just the physical reason alone is enough for us not to, to drink alcohol. That was weak. Let me know where you stand on that. Say amen. Number six. Let me give you this one and I'm done. 
And I'm just talking about the physical part of our life. I'm just talking about our bodies today, okay? But I hope you can see I pulled a tremendous amount of Scripture from this just dealing with the body. And I think number six is the most important. If we're going to have, if we're going to maintain physical balance, then I think we must learn how to live in harmony with God. I love what the Bible says in Proverbs 14 and verse number 30. It says, a tranquil heart is life to the body, but jealousy is rottenness to the bones. A tranquil heart. In other words, a heart that is at peace. A heart that is at peace is life to the body. Guys, how do we get a peaceful heart? We get it by having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We do it by inviting him in to be the king, the Lord, the savior of our life. Letting him sit on the throne of our heart. Letting him lead us and guide us and direct us in all of life. Whenever we get to the place where we live in harmony with God, the Bible says in Proverbs 14.30 that you will have a peaceful heart. And when you have a peaceful heart, it's life to the body. Mm, that's good stuff. Now, how do we do that? We've got to get rid of the guilt. We've got to get rid of the worry. We've got to get rid of the... We've got to clear our conscience. Now, how do we get a clear conscience? By having a right relationship with Christ Jesus. You see, I think two of the ways that we have peace of mind is a clear conscience and purpose for living and a relationship. And all that comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I wonder, as heads are bowed this morning, eyes are closed, and that's my message for you today on the, on the stature of man. The physical part of man. The Bible says in Luke 2.52 that Jesus increased in wisdom intellectually. With his mind, with his thinking. He was a brilliant. He's the son of God. But also in stature. Jesus increased in stature. He was well balanced physically. And I wonder how are we in that area? The Bible says in Corinthians that we are to glorify God with our body. And I believe the best way to do that, it starts with a life and a heart that's in harmony with God. How are things between you and the Lord? How are things between you and God? That's where it begins. And then we glean into his word and we live out some of these principles. And then we can, we can maintain balance. And I hope and pray that through this series that you'll discover how to live a balanced life. Now, yeah, I'm going to be talking about the spiritual side. Because the Bible says that Jesus increased in favor with God. I'll be speaking on that next week. On the spiritual part of our life. But it also says he increased in wisdom. That's intellectually. He increased in stature. That's physically. And he increased in favor with man. That's socially. Those four areas, guys, we've got to pay attention to. And it all boils down. The nucleus of it all is having our heart in harmony with God. And having a personal relationship with Him. Father, as I've shared this message that, a type of message that probably rarely preached on a Sunday morning. But God, I believe it's the Word. 
and the whole physical part, our bodies, to me it falls under the area of stewardship more than anything. God, you created this body. Jesus, you purchased this body. And the Holy Spirit of God, you dwell in this body. Help each of us to develop the right attitude towards our physical bodies. God, help us to have an attitude of respect for our bodies. Help us to have an attitude of protection for the body. Because, God, you created it. Jesus, you paid for it. Holy Spirit, you indwell it. Have your will and way in everyone's heart and everyone's life during this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.